Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We are not doing this, however, without considering the works we are committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Open up to Acts chapter 8. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8. This evening we're going to talk about the movie Inception. Uh, gym trainers, family reunions, and adoption. So those are the things we're going to talk about. And really, we're continuing our Learning to Lead series, and we want to talk a little bit about listening. And we're going to start at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Verse 26, it reads, Now, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, and can we just stop there and say, what? What what does that mean? An angel of the Lord said to Philip, it's spoken so plainly like, oh yeah, you know what that's like. And the idea again of an angel is a messenger. Uh, So when we hear this term, an angel of the Lord, it's a messenger from God is speaking. How does that happen? It's doubtful that it was audible or that we were to expect it to be audible, but it is understood to be clear, if that makes sense. And so an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge, he was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, there it is again, now it's the spirit said to Philip, first it was an angel, and now it's the spirit, is there a difference? I don't know, but they're both speaking and they're both leading him and said, go over and join the chariot. So Philip ran to him because you'd probably have to run to keep up with the chariot and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? 
And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing, whatever that means. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. If you are going to be involved with something that God is doing, you need to be paying attention. I really loved the movie Inception. I love the intricacy of the storyline. I loved how you had to keep guessing about what was going on And if you were to walk out of the theater and go to the restroom and come back, you probably didn't know where you were. You didn't know which level of reality they were in. You don't know what happened. And the whole intention of this movie was to to really kind of show layers upon layers of how we think and how do we get to what is the inception of our thoughts. That was the point of it. And, And I just love the premise that, you know, To make someone think something, it has to be more than just you giving them information. It has to be an inception. In other words, for them to think that it was their thought, it has to be something that they think they came up with. And I think what happens oftentimes in our lives is we stop looking at the movie, we, we, we go get some popcorn, we go to the restroom, we take our eyes off of the screen and we miss what God is doing because we weren't paying attention. You see, Philip has shown up already in the book of Acts. We see him in chapter six. He is one of the people that is... Um, called upon to help with a problem that they're having with the uh, the women who were complaining that some of their needs were being neglected, uh, the Hellenistic women. And he was one of those who was then sent to kind of financially oversee what was taking place. And one of the requirements there that they were full of the spirit and that they had a good report, that they had a good reputation. And so we see he had this distinction about him 
earlier in the chapter, after the stoning of Stephen in chapter 5, we see that the, the church is now dispersed. And we find Philip in Samaria, which remember Jesus said that you are to go to Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world, where for a long time the church never left Judea until the persecution. And then we see that Philip is there in Samaria and he is talking about Jesus and people are responding so much so that it gets back to the disciples who are still in Judea. And they say, well, we better go see what's going on. Well, Philip was the entrepreneur of this. He was the one who was setting out. He was the one who was doing the things. And so as he is doing these things, as his eyes are on the screen, so to speak, of what God is doing, an angel of the Lord says to him, I want you to go to this location. And I think if we are going to hear the message of God and the leading of God, it is much easier to hear that voice when we're paying attention, when our eyes are on the screen, when we are involved with the story, when we are allowing it to be something that really captures us. Philip was definitely one of these kinds of guys. He was a person filled with the spirit of good reputation. He's a person who's there in Samaria and continuing to further this message of Jesus. And so it's no wonder that a messenger says to him because he's already in the story. And I think if we want to hear an angel speak to us, then we need to be in the story. We need to be involved in this story. We need to be participating in. Hearing God's, hearing, God's, hearing God's voice has more to do with being attentive than it does with listening. It's paying attention more than just listening. If you don't pay attention, you're going to miss the messenger's voice Attentive by the things that you do, a person of good reputation. Attentive by the things that you're involving yourself in, the things you're reading. You know, reading the scriptures, knowing what they say, or listening to podcasts or things that are helpful to you, that are engaging you. These are all ways that we can pay attention, or even by praying, being attentive. You know, I, I realize that I have... Uh, had a struggle with some of the traditional things that are done in churches. And it's not because I'm against those things. And, and for example, praying. I, I think praying is a good thing. But I never want praying to become something that I do without being attentive. And I always have these things in my mind of, well, remember these people, this pastor who prayed and had prayer meetings, but did these other things. And it's like, how could you be attentive to God praying and still be involved with some of these things that they were involved in? Some of them that disqualify them even for being in ministry. And it's like, well, I guess that didn't work. And because I have such an aversion to, I guess, a sense of hypocrisy, even in myself, 
I, I don't want to give an impression that I'm being holy or that this is what we need to do to be okay. And by doing that, I think I have shunned away in some ways to doing things that are probably good for us to do, but I just don't want ever to come across as hypocritical or this is what's going to change or be the okay. Because I don't want us to think, well, we went to a prayer meeting, so now we can hear the voice of God. It takes a lot more. Okay, we've got to be attentive. But some of the ways we're attentive is by being in prayer. And so those are all areas where I think Philip was already there. He was already in the story. He was paying attention. So the angel of the Lord says to him, the spirit of God says to him, and he hears it because he's familiar with the voice. He hears it because he already knows the plot line. He knows what God is doing. This is just like God to send me to this place. This is just like God to ask me to go talk to this person. Why? Because that's who I've been in communication with. And this is like him to do these things. And so it's in line with the character of God. And then it's interesting because as he runs up to the chariot and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And then he invites Philip to come up and to sit with him. I think it's really important to notice that, that he was invited. You know, if you go to a gym and you have a trainer, the trainer now has license to tell you what to do. Okay, you need to work on your quads. It's like, I don't have a dirt bike. What are you talking about? You know, you need to, you need to work on these things because he's your trainer. They have the knowledge and the permission to speak to that area of your life. If I go to the gym and someone comes up to me and says, hey, come on, you need to get down and start doing this. I'm going to be like, who are you? You know, you're not my, I didn't invite you to have that place. So it's not welcome you telling me what to do. A friend of mine who's not following Jesus a while back called me and he does or he'll send me a text every so often and it's usually when things aren't going well there is trouble and he sent me a text and he said hey sam can we get together and get some coffee and i said yeah i'd love to and so we got together down here talking had some coffee um ended up coming to the building here because it was hot outside and we wanted to come inside and we sat down and talking and he said i just wanted to get your advice about this relationship i'm in Here's a person who's not following Jesus, not going to church, but I'm friends with, and he wanted to ask me about his relationship with his girlfriend, and so he started telling me some of the things that are going on, and he invited me to give him input. So I felt comfortable to say, well, it seems a little toxic to me. It seems like it's kind of hindering the things that you want to do. It seems like you're worried about things that you shouldn't be worried about if you're in a close relationship. And I was able to say these things only because I was invited. If I would have called him and said, hey man, I'm watching you on Facebook and I think you're in a toxic relationship. He didn't invite that. 
He didn't ask me to to get up into the chariot and start talking to him on those things. And so we need to make sure that if we're hearing from God, that we're also allowing this room for an invitation instead of it being an invasion, right? I'm not invading your life telling you about the gospel. And I think so many times, again, we kind of had this idea, well, the word of God never returns void. That means I can just go talk to anybody and it's going to accomplish what God sets it to do no matter what, as if the the Bible is like magic. And if I read these words, they are magically going to make something happen in your mind and in your heart. The spirit will make something happen to you. But the words aren't magic. The words are inspired. And when the person hears the word and is desiring to know, then the inspiration is there any time they are wanting to look for it. But let's face it, the Pharisees knew the scripture, but were not living inspired lives. All that learning didn't give them inspiration. It did not breathe into them God's life. They became very legalistic, knowing, but they didn't know. And we need to recognize that we can be the same way. We can throw something at someone and just say, here is what the truth is. But if the person is not inviting, it becomes an invasion. And that's usually when the defenses come up. That's usually when we say, whoa, 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 I didn't ask for this. One thing I I read in a book that I'm going through talked about taking a team that he had to, uh, I think he went to a Scientology building. And he instructed the team, he goes, I I want us to go in there. I want you to ask legitimate questions. I I want you to hold your tongue because these were people who were followers of Jesus. I want you to hold your tongue. You're not here to preach to them. You're here to learn about these things. Let them talk to you. And then we're going to get together afterwards and talk about it. And one of the things he asked them, how did it feel when they started asking you if you wanted to join? And some of the people say, well, it felt very uncomfortable because I didn't want to join. Well, what about when they said, don't you want to live a better and healthier life? And it's like, what did that make you feel like? Well, yeah, I want that, but I felt like they were, you know, manipulating the conversation. And it puts them people on a place where they were on kind of the defensive side of things. And then it was like, do you see how it is to be on the other side of someone trying to proselytize you? To give them an awareness of what it is on the other person's side when they think different, they feel different, you didn't invite this to that extent, and so now you're feeling uncomfortable. And I think that's a good exercise to go through, to just say, man, this was awkward. I felt like they were really pushy. I felt like this was, you know, just invasive. I thought they were a little demanding. And then think about it. Do you think maybe we come across that way? Because when we're not invited, we still think, well, I've got the truth. I'm going to say it no matter what. 
And I think we need to say, see what's happening with Philip here is he goes because he's led by the Spirit and then he's invited. And that invitation is really important. The eunuch invites Philip into that place who then he's able to engage further into the conversation. Now, this Ethiopian eunuch, very curious, he's a castrated person, which wasn't uncommon at that time, a castrated man. In fact, it was common in the ancient Near East for men who had been castrated to serve in positions of state, the whole thinking was that they will not be detoured by lust, that drive, so they'll be able to be more focused. They won't have to worry about them in a lot of ways. And he held the office in the court under Queen Candace, and he was her chief financial officer. He had a chariot, so he was a person of means. But what's he doing going to Jerusalem? Might have been going for one of the feasts and... Because he was a eunuch, he was unable to be proselytized into Judaism. His physical condition disqualified him, which is an interesting thing all in itself. And so he couldn't be going there to be proselytized. But when you think about the beliefs that were there at that time, how many of them were just uh, foul, they were just violent, they were very... Um, barbaric, Judaism probably seemed to many, and we know it seemed to many, even Cornelius in chapter 10, as something that was very um, intriguing, something that had a lot of desire to it, is something that they could see as uh, an oasis from all this other stuff that was going on. This is very unique to the other beliefs that were there. And so we, we see him going there because he's curious of this faith, but he's never going to be allowed into it. And that's an interesting thing. You know, when you're dating someone and they have a family reunion and they invite you to go to it, I don't know about you guys, but for me, family reunions before I know the family really well is an awkward thing, right? And I'm sure it was for Kareem too. Come over to our family for Christmas. I don't know any of these people. It's like, who are they? Who, you know, what's your name? Uncle so-and-so. And then they have, you know, like it's Aunt Chachi. It's like Chachi, you know, that's an aunt's name. Well, it is on their family. That's part of that dynamic. And so it's a whole nother realm. You feel like an outcast. You feel like the stranger. And everyone's friendly and everyone's nice to you. And everyone's trying to be nice to you because they know you're a stranger because you're not part of the family. Oh, hi, you're dating Kareem. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. You know, yeah, nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, my name's Chicho. Okay, Chicho and Chachi and... You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.